Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Conservative, not bitter, indeed. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I am your one and only, loving Todd Huff. Be here with you today. Always a pleasure. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Getting back into the swing of things here as we've launched uh, our truth tour or beginning the process of that. I guess I can fill you in on that uh, throughout the program, but we, um, as you know, we've we've sold our home and are beginning the process of taking this message, which we believe, uh, we believe firmly that God has called us to take this uh, this message and to spread it across this country. Is there anything America needs more than truth right now? And I don't mean to imply, please don't misunderstand, we, we don't have this all figured out. Maybe Oz does, but I don't. I don't have the answers for everything. But folks, when we, when, when truth is revealed to us, I almost made the mistake there by saying when we stumble upon truth. That's really not what happens. Truth is something that is revealed to us. And when that happens, we had, we had better hang on to that for all that we're worth, right? With all of our might, because this there, there are forces out there there are people out there that want to deny truth. And one of those things, I was, actually, this was in the, you know, the we, we get to a Monday, there's several things that, I don't know, that, that I want to talk about. And I wasn't planning on talking about this until, uh, well, I wasn't planning on talking about this first, until I just said, um, talking about truth, right? And how people, especially politicians, people, I, to a certain degree, all of us, none of us, None of us likes the idea that there are some things in our nature, some things that we want to do, some things that we, just something about us that needs to be changed. We kind of, I don't know, bristle up and and resist that a little bit, maybe a lot. Um, At least I found that to be nature amongst those people that I deal with, be them children that we raise or children that I worked with at the Boys and Girls Club or when I was on a school board or myself or other adults that I've worked with in small group and in Christian groups and so forth. And it just seems to me that we all resist at times. You know, we know what we should do. In fact, the Bible even talks about this. We know the good that we should do, the things that we should do, and oftentimes we don't do it. And we know what we shouldn't do, and we find ourselves doing that very thing. So all of us, I think, to some degree resist this idea of fully embracing the truth because sometimes it goes against what we want. And I think that that, candidly, if I'm going to be blunt here and lay it all out there as clearly as possible, I think that's one of the major, major problems that the radical left has. They just don't like truth. They don't like the idea that our rights come from our creator and not from a bunch of intellects who are so much smarter than the rest of us who can micromanage our lives and tell us everything to do. They can sit around in some 
Ivy League classroom and come up with answers to the most sophisticated problems on planet Earth that we all just simply comply, fall into line, and dutifully do our job, which is, of course, to take the, inst- the, the instruction and the leadership of the leaders in the political class, the radical left, and just dutifully go about our business. If we're wealthy, for those of you who are wealthy, of course, that number keeps dropping as to what that number actually is, but you're not paying your fair share. That's what they're, t- they're telling you. The wealthy are not paying their fair share of taxes. That's why AOC wore that stupid dress to some gala or some such thing the other night with a bunch of wealthy people that says tax the the rich or whatever it said. And I want to talk about that just yet. I do want to talk about um, this this denial of truth. Denial of truth by many people, especially people that have political power. And there's a denial of truth around this issue um, of abortion. In fact, I got a headline here, redstate.com. Democrats are set to launch a vicious attack on Texas's heartbeat law. This is the law passed by the state of Texas that effectively um, makes it incredibly, it, it puts restrictions on uh, on abortions virtually anything past uh, six weeks. This is uh, something that the left is not happy about something that conservatives have maybe momentary uh, or maybe hesitant. Uh, maybe they are, we are cautiously optimistic in our approval of, of this uh, of this legislation. There's a lot of nuance and it, it's sophisticated at some level because of how it's because of how it's written. Um, but the left for some time, and, and pa- I pause here all the time, and I want to say this again because I never know who's listening to this show, this podcast, whether it's on radio, whether it's on, you know, wherever you get your podcast. I want to say if you've had an abortion or if you've, uh, you know, you've been with someone um, who has had an abortion, this is not to heap insult upon you. This is, um, this is about moving forward from this second in time, from the second in time that you're hearing my voice Moving forward, this is about protecting the lives of, of unborn children from this point in time. Again, it's not to heap insult upon those who, have, who are dealing with the grief and the sadness and the, the consequences of having an abortion in the past. In fact, there are groups that are designed to help you deal with, with that and to heal. And our God, the God that I serve, is a God that seeks to help you Heal, help us all heal um, to confess and to repent and to accept the truth and to to heal. So this isn't about that. This is about moving moving forwards. But the, the radical left, and perhaps some of you who have had abortions or know someone who's had an abortion, some of you may have been misled by the radical left. Some of you may have heard these talking points and assumed that now this is about women's health care, my body, my choice, of course, unless that has to do with COVID and vaccines, and then it's everyone else's body and everyone else's choice, and you have to comply, shut up, do what you're told, don't ask for any sort of treatment if you've got COVID. In fact, if you've got COVID and you didn't get vaccine, there's people out there silently cheering for you to have a hospitalization or worse, fully convinced of this, just so they can tell their friends and brag on social media. There's some people that personally come to mind here that I see on places I will not mention them by name. I won't. I won't uh, even speak the name of these sorts of morons and buffoons. But 
these folks, I think, want to just, you know, basically have this, um, the honor of being right, the honor of saying, I'm smarter than you, you hayseed hicks who didn't get vaccinated. You deserve to catch COVID and to go to the hospital and suffer and possibly even worse. I'm telling you, these folks are out there um, and, and we know it. So, but as it pertains to this issue of, of abortion and the way that the radical left has framed this and the way that they are um, set to attack this Texas law, one of the things they've done in the past is to try to convince people that it is an issue of women's health care. Now, of course, it's not about the health care of the person in the womb, whether that person be a male or female or whatever else the radical left wants to tell us the genders are today, whatever 67 versions or whatever the number is. Um, the truth is that that is an unborn child. Scientifically, let me say this loud and clear for those who want to preach that the science has spoken on COVID-19 and vaccines are safe and I believe that the government should force you to, to do the right thing for the safety and welfare of other people, for people that take that tact, which we can get into that in COVID as the program un, unfolds here. The science is far, far from conclusive. In fact, there's a lot of doctors and medical professionals who don't take the vaccine. And I'm not out there, I'm not saying this to persuade you one way or the other. I'm just saying the idea that we have 100% of people that tell us anything, first of all, is just flat-out silly. It takes away, I mean, life can get complicated, and there's facets, and there's interpretation, and there's all sorts of, there's politics, of course, all these things, right? All these things that factor into the way that people interpret decisions. There's money involved. What about that one, for an example? Right, if you know that, um, if you're in the scientific, if any community, if you're in scientific community, the uh, healthcare community, the take your pick, and you're getting funding based upon whether or not Congress thinks that what you're dealing with needs to be federally funded. I think people are slightly uh, influenced or tempted to make it sound more necessary for federal funding than maybe if they were objective and not getting their pay. I'm just saying, I mean, we're, we're taught to believe that businesses are inherently evil, but why can't people um, who are you know, getting a paycheck, you know, from whatever it is, also be tempted as well. This is, there's many facets here is the point. It's not cut and dry. By the way, we know, we know that the, uh, what the FDA, was it the FDA voted down on the third, was it the third booster shot? I can't even keep up. Third booster shot, I guess, voted down on that, but they didn't vote unanimously. See, if you listen to the people who say follow the science, they would make you believe, they would want you to believe that, Everything's 15-0. Everything's unanimous. It's just so crystal cut, uh, clear, and just obvious to anyone who has any idea what science is, the scientific method and so forth. But that wasn't even a unanimous decision, but they still voted no to recommend the third booster shot. Anyway, but when you look at the issue of abortion, right, a beating heartbeat, the combination, we've been through this recently, so I won't belabor this, um, there's the, the egg and sperm combined. There's a flash of light. Science has taught us that. Literally a flash of light in the womb. We have a genetic makeup of a unique 
human being that's 50% the genetic makeup of the mother, 50% the gen- uh, genetic makeup of the biological father, and poof, that person begins to uh, to grow within a short period within a short period of time. That is the truth. No matter how they try to spin it, no matter how much they try to get you to think this is about women's health, this is about abortion is about the taking of an unborn life. And Texas has said if that unborn child who is a human being, not fully developed, obviously, has a long way to go, but is a unique life form that is human at its earliest stages. If it has a, if he or she has a heartbeat, then we're basically prohibiting, prohibiting that from, uh, that life from being terminated during abortion. And so when I read this headline at redstate.com, Democrats are set to uh, launch a vicious attack on Texas heartbeat bill. What that basically means is that they're now going to engage in a propaganda battle to make you think anything besides what I just said. Because when the American people, I'm telling you, and you know this, actually the younger generation, there's evidence to suggest that they're slowly becoming pro, uh, more pro-life. And the reason, you look at technology, you look at these 4D images of unborn children in the womb. I mean, a lot of these kids that are now, you know, young adults or in college or Generation Z, whatever we're up to now, these young people um, are, are familiar with this. Some of them may have had, maybe they had siblings that they've seen some 40 pictures of at a very young age. They heard the heartbeat. I, you know, I don't know. But the, there's the technology there is proving, is demonstrating time and time again just how pro-science it is to say that life begins at conception. And so now the Democrats, the radical left, Nancy Pelosi's, AOC's, whoever else, they have to change the narrative on this. And to me, when I look at this and I think of truth and I think about it in the context of our truth tour and the burden or the, the, the passion that God has created in my heart to help spread truth, to help people hear and receive truth across this great and wonderful nation, this is one of the most obvious places that we start. And the way that the left deals with truth, the way that the left deals with truth is to deny it, is to misrepresent it, is to, they do this with capitalism too. They do this with the Second Amendment. They do this with free speech. They do this with the way they've talked about COVID-19, about vaccines, about fill in the blank. Whatever gives them more control, more power, more opportunity to tell you how to live your life and get you to comply just exactly with what they want you to do, think, behave, and feel, and so forth. They're happy to to take advantage of that and to use that for those purposes. This is who these folks are. It's what, it's what they seek to do, more power, more control. After all, if the rest of us goobers would just comply and do things their way, we would have utopia on planet Earth. Do not doubt me. That's how some of these folks, they, they think. The reason COVID-19 is still around is because hayseed hicks don't get vaccinated. The reason we still have guns in America is because the stupid hayseed hicks. This is what they think, not me. Don't understand that a sophisticated society cannot have guns. There's no need to protect yourself from anything, they would tell you. Anything at all. You can call 911 unless, of course, you're in a city where the Democrats have defunded the police. They act confused when, when we remind them that they use this rhetoric and that they've 
sought to do this for some time now, and that they've actually done this in certain cities. They act confused. No, 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 it's Republicans, they say, that have defunded the police, and people believe this as well. But the Democrats use this propaganda. They use this misinformation. They use the complicity of the media to get their message out there and buckle up for what we're about to hear about this Texas law, which is not going to be true, which is going to be misrepresented. And, of course, they also love to talk about anything besides Afghanistan right now, which is still an unmitigated disaster. I got some stories on that. Americans stuck there, don't know what to do, are hopeless that Biden's going to do anything about it, and rightfully so, by the way. Lots to get to. Lots to get to. We'll do that when we get back. Sit tight. Listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So, still getting used to this new sound equipment. In fact, last... Last show, I apologize, we had a little bit of an issue uh, coming in and out of the brick, so I don't know if that happened there or not. It's kind of hard to tell on the fly. But before the break, I mentioned I mentioned this story. This is in Hot Air. Actually, this is I first saw it at HotAir.com, but this is actually a um, story in the Chicago Tribune. The Chicago Tribune headline, Fearful U.S. Residents in Afghanistan Hiding Out from the Taliban. The Biden administration would just prefer this to go away. They don't want to talk about it. In their minds, this didn't exist. This isn't a thing. In fact, I've had, I've had educated people, educated people say to me, you know what, it was handled poorly. It's over and done with. You know, we just, we have to move on. No, it's, the thing is, it's not over and done with, folks. We have people that are still stuck in Afghanistan. I'm going to read a portion of this article. I'm not sure how much I want to read of this to you, but I'm going to read for a moment here. Chicago Tribune. Every night in yet another house in Afghanistan's capital, a U.S. green card-holding couple from California take turns sleeping with one always awake to watch over their three young children so that they can flee if they hear the footsteps of the Taliban. Thank you, Obama, for teaching me how to say that. They've moved seven times in two weeks, relying on relatives to take them in and feed them. Their days are an uncomfortable mix of fear and boredom, restricted to a couple of rooms where they read, watch TV, and play the telephone game in which they whisper secrets and pass them on, a diversion for the children that that has the added benefit of keeping them quiet. Sounds like... Very similar to quarantine for COVID. Anyway, or shutdown time, I guess. All of it goes on during the agonizing wait for a call from anybody who can help them get out. A U.S. State Department official contacted them several days ago to tell them that they were being assigned a caseworker, but they haven't heard a word since. That's absolutely shocking. Government steps in, and this is what happens. Delay, 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 nothing. And then literally, they're, they're terrified for their lives. I don't want you to think I'm making fun of the circumstances here. I'm just saying that this is this is what's happening. Don't tell me that this is over, because it's not over. We have people who are still 
in fear of losing their lives who can't get out because of the unmitigated disaster, the dumpster fire caused by this administration. Make absolutely no mistake about this. This is a quote from, um, well, I'll just read it to you. We are scared and keep hiding ourselves more and more, the mother said in a text message to the Associated Press. Whenever we feel breathless, I pray. Surprised they put that part in there because uh, thoughts and prayers are of of no value uh, if you listen to the media and so forth. But um, these people are praying for their their lives, my friends. Through messages, emails, and phone conversations with loved ones and rescue groups, AP has pieced together what day-to-day life has been like for some of those left behind after the U.S. military's chaotic withdrawal. That's right, folks. Even the Chicago Tribune is admitting that this was chaotic. You know, when they're willing to admit on a Democrat's watch this was chaotic, we know that it's about 10 steps worse than chaotic. They go on to say here, that includes U.S. citizens, permanent U.S. resident green card holders, and visa applicants who aided U.S. troops during the 20-year war. Those contacted by AP or not being identified for their own safety, described a fearful, furtive existence of hiding in houses for weeks, keeping the lights off at night, moving from place to place, and donning baggy clothing and burkas to avoid detection if they absolutely must venture out. All they say, excuse me, all say they are scared the ruling Taliban will find them, throw them in jail, perhaps even kill them because they are Americans or had worked for the U.S. government. And they are concerned that the Biden administration's promised efforts to get them out have stalled. There's a lot more to this. I'm not going to read it. But bottom line, bottom line, this is the one story that they fear staying out there the most. And there's many reasons for this. But one of the reasons is that it is very similar in some ways, not not in every detail. I don't mean to say that, but, but structurally... This issue is very similar to what we what we saw uh, with with Benghazi. It is how do we make some political capital out of a circumstance, right? It was back in 2012 with Benghazi. It was Osama bin Laden died and GM is alive. That was the story. That was the narrative. That's what they were going into the home stretch um, for the election with. That was the messaging. That's what Joe Biden said during a presidential or a vice presidential debate uh, when it was Mitt Romney versus Obama back in 2012. And it was Paul Ryan versus Joe Biden on the debate stage back in 2012, and that's what Biden said. Osama died and GM is alive, right? That's what he said. That's what they wanted. That's the messaging because it it, it rhymes. I mean, man, this is so perfect. It rhymes. Ter- terrorism was over. Some reason we stayed in Afghanistan 10 more years after killing Osama bin Laden, who, by the way, at that point in time was in Pakistan. I, but the point is, is that they, they wanted some political capital from this. They want, Biden wanted to come in and say, I ended this 20-year war. Obama couldn't do it. Trump couldn't do it. I came and, and did it. Needed a real leader to come in and do this. I knew how to put the pieces together. After all, I'd been here for half a century. I could figure out how to do this the right way. Saved you know, all sorts of uh, Americans from future conflict and all this sort of stuff. Then, of course, they, they wanted it to coincide with September 11th. 
They wanted to coincide with September 11th. They wouldn't. They wanted to blame Trump, of course. Trump's playing. Trump's playing. <laughs> it's it's insane to think about. Well, you're the one running the show. If Trump's plan wasn't any good, which they didn't do Trump. I mean, Trump, Trump's plan didn't say get everybody out at 11.59 on August 31st and then let everyone else there defend for themselves. That is not what Trump's plan even remotely was. I mean, no, nowhere near that. But this is this is how this is done. This is the way the game is played, and the media goes along with this stuff and helps carry the proverbial water for the radical left, for the current occupant of the of the White House. If this was Trump, of course, I, I even hate doing this because we know we would have day 19 of Trump's administration not answering questions as to why they left Americans stranded in Afghanistan. And you know what? Rightfully so at that point. Rightfully so. We've literally left people stranded. The story is not over. The story is not over. Lives were lost. It seems to me at least... <laughs> At least a very strong possibility this next statement is true. Lives were lost because of political ambitions and political desires of the people in power. They wanted a photo op. They wanted to be able to say they ended the war before it crossed that 20-year magical you know, number from 9-11. Biden wanted to ride in as the, as the savior, as the one that ended America's longest war. And they were willing to do whatever it took to get those headlines. It's 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 sounds stupid when you say it, but this is how these people operate. They're an inch deep and a mile wide, and this was the most super. Look, I'm telling you, most of these issues, if you find the most superficial way to look at it, when the radical left is trying to manipulate the storylines and so forth, find the most superficial way to interpret it, because that's probably how they are looking at it, because that is how they communicate with and motivate many of their voters. That's why Rush called them low-information voters because of these things. Feels good. Oh, 20 years and we got out. Way to go, Biden. But that's not what happened. And a lot of bad stuff happened as a consequence. And they would do anything for this story to go away, and it largely has. The media, I mean, a couple of you know random pieces about people stuck over there, which is atrocious and, and inexcusable. Biden, I mean, the story even said Chicago Tribune, Chicago Tribune, folks, saying that Biden's administration's largely, what did it say, forgotten them or left them hanging or some such thing. <sighs> dumpster fire. That's what we've got. We've got an absolute unmitigated dumpster fire in this country right now on so many levels. And I'm going to take a break. We'll talk about more of those when we get back. Sit tight. You're listening to conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Brought to you in part by, brought to you in part by our friends at Economy Heating, Air Conditioning, and Plumbing. We're getting to the actually, we've just got a couple of days left of summer here before we hit the fall autumn equinox, I guess. And that means cold days are coming here in central Indiana. Maybe a good time to have your furnace looked at. Maybe it's time to upgrade. Maybe you need to have it tuned up, repaired. I don't know. Consider our friends at Economy Heating, Air Conditioning, and Plumbing. 
If that describes you, economyheatingandair.com. For more information, be sure to tell them you heard them out. I'm here on the Todd Huff Show. So I just want to set this up because, because I was talking with Oz as we were coming back from that last break. And this, um, I've gone long the first couple of segments, which as per normal. <laughs> so, but there's something else I want to talk about. For those folks who look to the media to tell them what they should be terrified about today, whether it is COVID-19, whether it is, I mean, you know, how how little the wealthy pay in taxes, whether it is Trump giving a speech, whether it is about, I don't know, some... They fear monger all the time. I mean, there's so many things to choose from. But a lot of folks were, at least those that followed the media, I don't think this was almost anyone hearing my voice. Um, but a lot of folks were looking forward uh, to this past weekend and thinking, oh, man, so we, we got a group of, uh, group of folks that are going back to the Capitol that um, the rally, the rally was called that they had on Saturday, um, the Justice for J6 rally, and they were. this was supposed to be, if you listen to the media, another attempt at an insurrection, overthrowing the government. That's right. These folks are going to roll into Washington, D.C., take over the Capitol, I guess. So Nancy Pelosi, was she the one? I think she's the one that got the fences put up for dramatic political theater here to make it look like Republicans are trying to storm the Capitol and take over the country by virtue of doing so. Of course, at no moment in time was the United States government... I'm blushing as I say these words because it's so embarrassing to have to say this to adults. But at no moment... I'm not saying it to you. I'm just saying it's an adult audience, and I know that you have people that you've encountered that think this, but it's it's embarrassing to have to say this. At no moment in time was the United States government in risk of collapsing on January 6th. It was, or any time, any time since then. You know what? If I'm being candid with you, our government is in much more peril when it moves away from protecting and respecting liberty towards tyranny, towards the elimination of choice, towards some of these draconian, drastic measures we've seen taken by different governments or different you know, state, local governments, up to and including the federal government as it pertains to COVID-19 and other things as well. But COVID-19, to me, is one of the clearest examples of just how far some of these lovers of big government are prepared to go. That is a much greater risk to our so-called democracy, I'll tell you, constitutional republic. That's a much greater risk of overthrowing what the founders set up than a bunch of or a, a group of people. Of course, there's troubling things that we saw on January 6th, and I'm not minimizing some of the violence, but some of that wasn't violence. Some of the some of that included people letting people into the Capitol. I mean, there's a lot of confusing things that happened that day, and don't let anyone tell you anything otherwise. It's absolutely the case. But this group got together over the weekend. Supposed to be another attempt at insurrection. Oh no, the government's at risk of falling, you know, falling to the radicals. This is what we're supposed to believe, and nothing happened. You know what? What happened? And I'll get to it after the break. But there is something that did happen. 
There's some arrests that happened on the Capitol, but the people they arrested, or at least one of them that I've seen on video, wasn't <laughs> wasn't even a protester. So more about that on the other side of the break. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute. <laughs> One of the things I alluded to before our last break was something that I had seen um, pertaining to this January 6th, what is this, uh, the Justice for J6 rally. This was supposed to be a time when you know people were going to D.C. to get even for being stopped the first time that they tried to overthrow the United States government in the wake of Trump having the election stolen from him. On January sixth, this is this is the narrative. This is what we're supposed to believe. <laughs> supposed to believe. Got some pictures where people say, "Hello, FBI undercover at a MAGA rally." And there's a picture of guys that, uh, I mean, they certainly could be. I don't know some uh, FBI agents. That's the uh, that's what people are saying. But perhaps even better than that. Well, of course, what's always good is the Babylon Bee. It says FBI rally in D.C. ends without incident, <laughs> which I love the Babylon Bee. Anyway, um, there's video. There's video of Capitol Hill security police who are there in full, you know, riot gear, I guess. I don't know if that's, that's what it looks like here. And there's video of them arresting someone with a gun, but it turns out it was an undercover. The, the reports are this was an undercover uh, law enforcement. I don't know if he was FBI. He was trying to get, you know, planted in with the group. So this big rally, this big attempted insurrection 2.0, looks like the people that were arrested, at least one of them. I don't know. There might have been an incident. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that there wasn't anyone else arrested that day, but it is just a tad bit ironic. Of course, the reports are that there were more journalists and police there than actual protesters or whatever you want to call this group. Um, But on top of that, at least one of the major stories on any arrest was an undercover law enforcement agent (laughs) trying, I guess, to infiltrate the group. Who knows? And that's why the Babylon Bee says FBI, what did it say? FBI, uh, FBI rally in D.C. ends without incident. (laughs) Of course, there was one incident. The one incident was someone who was an undercover officer from reports and from video, from what I can see, from what I could hear, uh, who had a, a firearm and um, that was, of course, caught the attention of the Capitol Hill police anyway. It's almost like they're hoping, right? They're hoping for something else, anything, anything to change the narrative, anything to make it look like the Republicans, conservatives are the problem again, to take the focus off of Joseph R. Biden. Quick timeout, listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute.
another story that I came across. Another story that I came across that I wanted to touch on here. There's a couple more I just don't have time to get to today. But I know we don't have we have a lot of folks out there that are not happy. Not happy with the NFL. And I can't blame you. I'm not uh you know that uh it's something that I I used to love the NFL. I was telling my wife over the weekend that I mean I used to watch pretty much two games every Sunday when I was younger. Of course I'd played football in high school and college and I it was just important to me. I watched the Colts game, would even watch the Sunday night game. I, I dedicated Sundays were church and football for me. I'm not that way anymore. I just I've I've lost interest. I mean I'll, I'll watch a little bit. Um, I'll try to catch Alabama. I'm a Crimson Tide fan, if I've not said that on here. Um, my grandfather, for the record, my grandfather, um, who passed away about four years ago now, um, when I was little, he had this bottle of Coca-Cola, old bottle, Paul the Bear Bryant, in like a hutch in their kitchen. And I, um, that got my attention. I started kind of following Alabama at that time. I would say early 90s. And of course, here for the past decade or so, it's been been pretty easy being an Alabama Crimson Tide fan. Anyway, 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 here's a headline: New York Post. Several NFL players are trying to get fake vaccine cards. Fake vaccine cards. So all these rules they're putting on players, all the rules that they're putting on players, they are basically encouraging these players to say, "Hey." Can we find a way to circumvent these rules? Because apparently it's worse. And I need someone to explain this to me. I mean, I, I consider myself, uh, I, I, I read and pay attention. I feel like I've got a pretty decent, I don't know, understanding of, of some basic things like the average person does. Why is it if someone's unvaccinated, the, the penalty for being diagnosed with COVID is harder? I mean, it seems to me at this point it's pretty crystal clear that they're simply trying to make it uncomfortable for people who are not vaccinated. They're making it very difficult to go about your life being unvaccinated. Now the NFL players are saying, hey, we're not going to live like this. Let's find a fake vaccine card. This is coming from reports from agents. Agents said, of course, we've not helped anyone do this. We've not actually gotten anyone a fake id card but we're getting asked this question more and more often and shocking right predictable of course i gotta go thanks for listening sdgc tomorrow take care